Mike McDaniel met with the media in Indianapolis on Tuesday at the NFL Combine. We're here to talk about everything of note that Coach McDaniel shared on Tuesday. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. The 2023 NFL Scouting Combine is underway in Indianapolis. Mike McDaniel met with the media, spoke for about 20, 25 minutes. We're going to talk about the things of note that he said. I have the transcript here, had a chance to kind of partake in uh, all of the the commentary and, and digest everything that Coach McDaniel said, and we're going to dive through uh, what I thought was notable comments from Coach McDaniel from Tuesday's press availability. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. If you're new to the show or unfamiliar with the show, welcome. Lifelong Dolphins fan Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Let's dive right in. The first thing that Coach McDaniel was asked about was the fifth-year option for Tua Tungvaloa and how much of an impact the concussions and durability should play in that discussion, and how close the team was to making a decision on the fifth-year option. I'll read Coach McDaniel's response in its entirety. I think like any other player, you factor in every variable. I think one thing, when you're talking about those types of decisions, it's important to recognize that we have a congruence of interest by the Dolphins and the player to it, that both parties really want him to play at a very high level for a long time for the Miami Dolphins. So what's the best way to really engineer that or to help manifest that? Well, those are the kinds of things that we're weighing in terms of various options with the same desired end result as Tua would like. So you factor in everything as best as you can, but that's part of this game that we're all involved in is that there are some unknowns. So you weigh those and you press forward and you make the best decision possible for the organization. It certainly feels like he left the door open here for a contract extension, doesn't it? There's a congruence of interest by the Dolphins and the player that both parties really want him to play at a very high level for a long time for the Miami Dolphins. So what's the best way to really engineer that or help manifest that? I hear that, and that sounds at least like leaving the door open. Now, whether or not that actually happens, it's hard to say. And he was asked specifically about how close they were to making the decision on the fifth-year option. He said today's February... It's the last day of February. Our deadline, we'd probably be best served utilizing the time that we have. That's kind of the way we're approaching it, but it doesn't mean we're not spending any long period of time without discussing it. It's something that Chris Greer and I have been working through and will continue to work through. Of course, the Dolphins have two other fifth-year option decisions to make, but those decisions have really been decided for the team based on performance uh, on the field the last three seasons. Noah Benogany and Austin Jackson. Probably pretty safe to assume those fifth-year options do not get exercised. But I just thought this was an, a, a fascinating response from Coach McDaniel, and, and there's been people in the space who have, have made the argument about the fifth-year option. And I generally uh, ha have been impressed by the arguments that those people have made because I have generally been of the school of thought that with the durability questions, build yourself the exit ramp, don't lock yourself into $23 million in fully guaranteed money that would be difficult to move on from if you had to. We've seen that implode on teams like uh, the Jets and Browns with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. But um, ultimately, at the end of the day, 
uh, financially speaking, if he goes out and proves it and earns a new contract, uh, 23 for a season would be, would be a steal. Uh, the, the, the question is, of course, not what level he can play at, but how consistently he can be available to play at that level. And that's a decision I don't envy the Dolphins for having to choose to make one way or the other. Uh, I think he left the coach McDaniel left the door open for a lot of outcomes. And he was asked about the backup quarterback a little bit later on in the, the press conference as well. And I, and I definitely wanted to get into that one. He's asked about Byron Jones. Um, I, I'm kind of over the Byron Jones stuff. Byron Jones feels as though he wasn't put in a position to uh, fully recover and be the best version of himself that he possibly can be. And, and Byron Jones knows his body better than anybody. Um, it does it certainly doesn't sound like with the comments that Byron Jones made the other day uh, that that he will be back in Miami. I know there's a bunch of Dolphins fans that were hopeful that that was indicative that you know they could get out of that contract with retirement, but that's all deferred money. Like all of his dead money right now is all deferred money anyway. It's all restructured money or signing bonus money. They're going to have to pay it one way or the other. If Byron Jones were to retire, and from what we were told after his tweets the other day, he's not retiring. But if he did retire, the dead cap would accelerate to uh, this year, and the Dolphins would take the full dead cap on the nose. Case in point, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a $35 million dead cap this year for Tom Brady, who retired. $35 million for Tom. For starting quarter starting quarterback salary, just dead money because Tom. Be, and what's crazy is they would have taken this either way because they took the cap hits from the last couple of years and they kicked that down the road like three seasons worth of void years on the back end of Tom's deal. Like Tom would have been a free agent anyway, but they're still they so they were kind of bone either way. But Tampa has a thirty five million dollar dead cap hit for Tom Brady. Uh, the Dolphins would carry the full dead cap for Byron Jones if he retired, but it doesn't sound like that's in the plans. I was asked about the running back room. Uh, he was asked uh, what qualities he's looking for in building the running back room. Uh, his response was one of several meme-worthy moments of a Mike McDaniel presser, which should come to the surprise of nobody who's watched more than 10 seconds of Mike McDaniel talk. Uh, what qualities are you looking for? Coach McDaniel said the best qualities. He said, I think it's one thing I've been fortunate being in the same system for 18 years. You see a lot of different ways that you can get the desired result. I think first and foremost from the running back position on our team, you need to be a team player that's willing to do whatever it takes to win. We have good players surrounding the running back position. So you've got to be willing to pass block and do whatever those, their skill sets are. So to me, I just want team-oriented guys that enjoy getting the ball, fighting for yardage, and trying to win football games as a result. Very open-minded to all the skill sets across the board. And just looking at guys that are completely invested in joining our ongoing process to be as good as we can. Hashtag backs who block. Very much a, a proponent of backs who block being a criteria that you need to have to be a successful NFL player. One player who impressed me in that regard this year was Raheem Mostert. I thought he was wonderful in pass protection. Wasn't expecting that. But I think Raheem Mostert probably embodies a lot of the things that the Dolphins and, and this coaching staff and, and these this coaching tree um, romanticizes and wants in players because that's the DNA of a successful player. And, and that's been proven time in and time out. So um, 
I enjoyed getting the perspective of Mike that it extends beyond just rushing the ball and vision and, and ball security. No, like it, it's it's your demeanor. It's your approach to plays when you don't have the ball, acknowledging that the DNA of this Dolphins team is good players around the running back position. I enjoyed that. Uh, if I had to bet who would be back and who wouldn't or what direction the Dolphins go, it's a hard bet to make. But speaking of bets, it's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to everything in between. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Coach McDaniel was asked about Skylar Thompson and his role as the backup quarterback. If Skylar Thompson was ready to assume the role of the backup quarterback. Coach McDaniel gave you two things here. He said, Skylar's earned the right to compete, but he doesn't feel as though he will be uncontested. And he also said, alluded to potentially going out in free agency and getting another player, a.k.a. not drafting another quarterback. I think really when you assess Skyler's play as a rookie, he did a lot of things to deserve being in a competition and to have an open mind to him being to winning the backup quarterback role. I don't foresee that being unchallenged by any stretch. I think you look at the position from its entirety from a year ago. We had a one-man room where there was a lot of questions with regard to where Tua was in his development of his game, and we needed someone to come in that could really help him take the next step in the right direction to being a starting quarterback in the NFL at a high level. I think Teddy came in and did that. I think as it stands right now, I was happy with what Skyler was able to do under the pretense that he's going to continue to get better, and I think Tua is in a different spot. I think the team is in a different spot, and I think there's some competitive advantages that we can bring to the room through free agency, and that's what we'll look to do is at least have some. There will be some competition regardless in that room, regardless of who we sign, but I think that's something we're definitely interested in to make the quarterback room better. I love it. I love it. First of all, I love the perspective that the, the dynamics of this room are completely flipped upside down from what it was a year ago, which is true. It's factual. The Dolphins last year was Ken Tua play, Ken Tua play. When are they going to go to Teddy Bridgewater? When's, when's Tua going to get the yank for Teddy Bridgewater? Tua's narrative has shifted. It has, in a good way. And it's a good thing that it's shifted. But talking about not being content in that room and going out and getting somebody in free agency to bring competition to that room. Now, if you go out and you get a slug or a lump on a log or somebody that's like a Mike Glennon, then that's not the expectation. I'll be underwhelmed. But go out and get somebody with starting experience who has a chip on their shoulder and wants to continue to prove that they can still play at the NFL level. Because you're going to be throwing a Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. If you get in the game. I loved everything about that response. I think that that is spot on, on the nose, the proper assessment of where the Dolphins are and the proper mentality that the team needs to have to make sure that 2023, if Tua Tungvalo experiences a stint on IR or misses a handful of games, 
you're not wasting a season because you just can't operate offensively without two as your starting quarterback. He was asked about coaching staff changes. I uh, was asked about Jordan Poyer making a public bid to come to Miami. And uh, this was the other meme-worthy response from Coach McDaniel. Um, I'm not in the business of tampering. I mean, you might guys might be trying to get this second-year hustle on me, but we need every draft pick we can get. So I'm all for Dolphins fandom. And the more players that are, that even if they're on our opponents' teams, they're cheering for the Dolphins, I think that's good for all of us. Well done, Mike. Well done. He was asked about guys that he worked with alongside in San Francisco, Rand Carthon, who's now the GM of the Titans, and D'Amico Ryans, who's now the head coach of the Houston Texans. Uh, he was asked about Bobby Slowick. Uh, who is now the offensive coordinator in Houston. He was asked about quarterback runs, the QB sneak controversy, and I'm going to use air quotes here, controversy. I don't know why this is a controversy. I saw Peter King had like his big get-off-my-lawn moment about this, about, oh, it's not football, it's rugby, the QB sneaks and pushing from behind and how it's not real football and it's the integrity of the game and all that. Please. I thought Mike did. Mike said this well. I think it's cool anytime someone is able to execute something when the opponent knows it's coming. I don't care who you are, but it will be attempted by every team if they can guarantee this rate of success that the Philadelphia Eagles were able to have with it. It isn't the coolest highlight reel of football to watch, but nonetheless, I appreciate what it takes to access at that because I'm pretty sure that every team in professional football has attempted a quarterback sneak. Anytime you're entering the grounds of 100% attempts, uh, but, but then you have one team that does it at a certain level level of certainty of outcome, at that high of a percentage, there will be attempts to recreate it. I wouldn't expect it to have the same residual results. I'll abide by any rule. Okay, so if it changes, they'll, they'll change it. But obviously the, the controversy here is offensive players coming up from behind uh, the quarterback on QB sneak and pushing the pile. Get better offensive line. You want to recreate that, get better offensive linemen. The Eagles are the best offensive line in football. Period. And Jalen Hurts is a brick house. <laughs> The Buffalo Bills had like a crazy success rate with it as well. And that is in part because of Josh Allen being who Josh Allen is. I know Tom Brady had a crazy high success rate of quarterback sneaks for a long time as well because the Patriots had crazy good offensive lines and Tom was a big body guy. It's not something I ever think the Dolphins will have success with. Um... You have to have a certain level of momentum that's generated from the players in the backfield. And with Tua's stature, I just don't think that you would have to have dominant interior push from the three guys. And even then, the bodies just go right on the ground, right? So you got to be able to push through the force on top of those guys as they are down on the ground because they're rooting out and digging out. He was asked about Vic Fangio. He was asked about... Um, Channing Tindall thought this one was interesting. It's asked about, he said, I was expecting a big offseason and a big jump in year two for Channing. Channing knows that he has that expectation for himself. He's worked very diligently. I think it's a matter of him really being able to visualize and carry out all assignments within the defensive structure that I know he's really mandating for himself to take the next step. I think he did a great job with reps at that that he had. And on the scout team during the year for practice, he did develop. We're excited about this next year opportunity to really take advantage of some opportunities that he will have. That's fair. Uh, not every player is going to hit the ground running. Uh, Miami's draft selections, both as Ukama and Channing Tindall, were players that 
played roles that I didn't think were immediately parallel to the roles that they will have to play for this team. Tyndall was more of a third down pressure specific type. There's a, a clip of him in, I think it was a game against Alabama that went viral where uh, they were down in the red zone and Nicobe Dean got in his rear end a little bit because uh, Channing busted on a, a pass coverage and nearly let up a touchdown. But then on the next play, after Nicobe Dean got in Channing's face a little bit about, hey, you got to be on top of this stuff. He came out and he sacked Bryce Young on third down uh, to force a field goal and, and take points off the board. So um, I reflect on that incident and or that that moment in time for Channing Tindall at Georgia. And I think it really encapsulates him as a player that there's just he needs more reps. He didn't really play a lot at Georgia. Well, he didn't play a lot his first year at Miami either. Hopefully the, the development that was seen on the practice field is enough. The challenge for the Dolphins is not to put too many of their eggs in that basket um, prematurely, I would say. I was asked about game management, which I'm glad that he was asked about. Um, Coach McDaniel said, I, I wouldn't be honest if I told you that going into the season – I wouldn't expect some natural learning curve. There's a lot of responsibility that I don't pull any punches. It's a difficult job. That being said, I felt like there were clearly some situations I'd like to have back. There were some situations I was okay with. Every year for me, I'm going to have a really high level of anxiety that I'm not finding stuff that I can't completely get better from. That belief that you're constantly a better version of yourself, that drives me. There are plenty of situations. We had many, as many pre-snap penalties. I think we led the team, the league in them offensively. So obviously there is a lot of work to do that we're all excited about rectifying. Clock management is another layer of things that have already begun the, the process of calling the play faster. Great. We're all seeing the same stuff then. I think that's those, those are the right things to invoke. I love that there's a self-awareness to acknowledge them from Coach McDaniel. And now it is a matter of, as he said, addressing it and getting better. Bringing this thing down the stretch here, he was asked about uh, the injured guys. He was asked about Mike Isecki. He was asked about Veroma McKinley. I left the door open for Mike Isecki to come back. There's always a good spot for good players. I think that Mike has earned the opportunity to test the market, and I very much encourage that. That's being in charge of doing our best to take care of their careers as best we can. But for him to have the, that opportunity to go earn, we very much encourage that. But we're not in the business of saying no to good players. I wouldn't close the door at all. Uh, and then finally, he was asked about Tua Tungvaloa uh, working on how to fall and was asked if that was something that the team facilitated. Obviously, it's been discussed as judo. It's jujitsu that Tua is, is working in. Uh, Coach McDaniel's response on if the team was facilitating some of these ideas, it's something that we had various ideas, some of which I won't repeat because they weren't as good as that one. We were willing to go to any length. However, with him getting invested in it and really talking to him and hearing how the trainers invested in him and how he was really into it, getting good residuals from it, we feel very comfortable in terms of this being best preparing him for things that he hasn't otherwise been able to prepare for. It's something like a follow-through throwing motion. It's something that we're trying to train, and he's 100% all in attacking with vigor and exuberance. There's going to be a lot of exuberance in the days to come because it is NFL Combine week, which means uh, this is the last big hurdle 
uh, for many of the prospects for the 2023 NFL draft. And obviously the Dolphins don't have the buzz that they did in 2020 and 2021 because they had a whole bunch of first round drafts picks, right? They had five first round draft selections across those two seasons. They're going in for their second straight year in which they do not have a first round draft pick, but they do have three in the top 100 and there will be opportunities between rookies, free agency, and trading those assets for established NFL players uh, for a lot of new faces on the team. So I'm very excited about sharing what my blueprint for that could look like, which is what we are going to be doing next week on the show. To close this week, going to have Joe Rose on the show later this week. We're going to be talking about some NFL trade candidates across the league that would make sense for the Dolphins. And then we're going to talk about the NFL Combine and uh, performers to watch that I most commonly associate with the Dolphins with where they currently have scheduled picks. So lots of great content coming ahead. Make sure you plan for it by hitting subscribe here on the show. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Fins up. Thanks for watching or listening to the show. Make it a great rest of your Wednesday, and I will talk with you all again tomorrow.